Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Euler, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. So today in our ongoing series of how to deal with challenging or difficult individuals and keeping in mind that at some point or another, you are likely one of those difficult people. I'm sure there are folks that I have worked with who have seen me as a, either a challenging boss challenging supervisor or challenging colleague. We want to talk about those things. And, and I think it's important to be self-aware and not just point fingers that you sometimes you think you're doing your absolute best and really you're driving your colleagues or your teams absolutely nuts. <laughs> and not only that, but we all have blind spots and how we handle situations or how we handle people. I really encourage folks to be humble and to acknowledge that you have blind spots and and not be defensive when you might be confronted. But because it's our podcast, we get to tell the stories about our interactions with other people. With that caveat or disclaimer aside, we'll move into today's topic. I've had a number of situations where I've had really challenging colleagues. Some of it has been a bit interpersonal, and I think those are the hardest for me. I generally tend to have a tendency to think like, why wouldn't you like me? Like, I'm a likable guy. (laughs) And yeah, so I have had those situations where I've had colleagues who really just did not like me. They didn't like my style. You know, in some cases, and I'm guilty of this as well, there's some assumptions that are being made about you. You know, I tend to be, I would say, highly efficient. I also tend to know myself really well and know that if I don't get it done by two o'clock, it's likely not going to happen. And so I work kind of hard and fast and I work in bursts. So I tend to get a lot done in a very short period of time but then stick a fork in me, I'm done. Whereas I've had a couple of colleagues in my recent past who they're 12 hour sloggers, man. They're up on email on Saturday. They're sending communication Sunday night. They're working 12 hours Monday through Friday, banging it out. And and I would argue, and there there are recent studies in the last few years that would affirm this, that, you know, they're probably not any more efficient though they're working longer hours. I've had a couple of colleagues, it just drove them absolutely nuts that for the most part, this isn't a universal rule. I, I wouldn't work on the weekends or I wouldn't take that call after six o'clock in the evening. And, and again, lots of exceptions because I'm in consulting and in consulting, you get ample opportunities to exceed your boundaries <laughs> that you set for yourself. And in one particular case, it did become a really challenging interpersonal relationship. And I remember a particular time, this individual and I were handling a staffing situation very, very differently. And I have to admit that in this particular case, I was a little territorial and I was kind of protecting my own. I was a little upset with how this person was handling the situation. And I got a little snippy. I didn't handle it well. I didn't play fairly. And I actually ended up apologizing. And so although a difficult, challenging, hard relationship it really didn't get better after that. I can't say it got worse, but it didn't get better. I did find in that particular case, a better part of maintaining the relationship or at least maintaining some equanimity in the relationship was to apologize. And that's part of what I said at the top. Kind of got to be humble sometimes and acknowledge our own shortcomings. From that relationship and from others that I've had in my work environment, there's a few key principles I would just draw out. As I said, be humble. As I often like to say, be curious. So try to understand people, what's going on in their lives. 
what events are occurring that may be affecting how they're showing up to work. Maybe even understand their story. For example, a big part of my story is I got into consulting at 32. I, at the time, I had three young kids, ended up with four kids, took a huge pay cut when I left the military to go into the private sector, surprisingly. And I kind of had a real drive to promote, to reclaim levels of authority that I had in the military, not just to be the boss, but I like leading. And also there was a financial motivation there. There was probably a bit of ego motivation there as well. If you understand that about me, and I oftentimes will kind of share that disclaimer with my boss and my team. If you know that about me, it helps you to at least understand what's driving me or motivating me to some degree. It's not a comprehensive view of who I am or how I function, but I think it's important to understand that, that I feel a sense of urgency. And I share that example on myself to say that if we can understand, if we can be humble, if we can be patient, if we can be curious and try to understand who we're working with and what drives them and what motivates them, what's affecting them and what's part of their story, you may never become best friends. Heck, you may not even like each other. You can give them the dignity and respect that is due to them and at least a workable relationship. There are other folks that I've worked with, and I won't go into those stories today, very, very challenging, but because of, I think, a mutual humility, a mutual curiosity, a mutual desire to work for the common goal that we were working to achieve, developed into really strong partnerships, strong relationships. So there's definitely more than two sides to that coin, but definitely at least two sides to that coin. Again, I would go back to patience, humility, curiosity. Not necessarily in that order when working with colleagues that are, you may find to be challenging. Lindsay, what would you share? One of the things that popped up for me, you know, while you were talking is that often when you run into difficulty with a colleague, a teammate of yours, it does go back many times to work style and communication style preferences. And so when I heard you describing sort of your work style in the beginning of your story of kind of in bursts, right? Hard and fast, where somebody else might be a little bit more steady or working longer weekend hours and expecting that of you. When you start to notice some of those communication work style norm differences, if you're working on something together, you could end up complementing one another. If you are both willing to go down the line of these are the things we need to do. Here's what I think I could do well. Which do you think you would like to do well? Separate tasks from them. But also if their norm is working weekends around the clock, you know, I, I don't recommend that for anyone, but maybe they're the person who is monitoring a shared mailbox or managing a document repository or doing some of the things that might require more maintenance and availability. And if you're going in big bursts, and I actually now, I don't know, Justin, I think you've influenced me. I work a little bit more like that as well now. If I see ahead of time on my calendar that I'm going to have a couple of hours free, I will block it and go, I'll do the first round of whatever major deliverable we have to do. Because I will have this burst and I'll do the outline really quick and get some of the major stuff done just to knock it out because I don't need to talk about it for a long time. I would rather have something available and then we talk it out. And it takes that work off of somebody else's plate. And I will say to somebody who maybe wants to move slower or have more planning sessions, like, hey, we can still do planning sessions and move slower, but let's use the deliverable to guide those conversations. So I will create the presentation or the paper or the Excel 
workbook or whatever it is we need and give it to you and feel free to pick it apart as much as you want. But for me, that helps us make forward progress because I'll feel frustration if all we do is talk about it. And so I think it's going, okay, how do we assign tasks according to our strengths? That enables the relationship to be better. And it's also separating, right? Like if you're working with a teammate who you find difficult to work with and, or they find you difficult to work with, how can you hand out tasks that you complete day to day or books of work or deliverables where you have fewer dependencies on one another? Those are a couple of strategies that I've used. That's excellent. I I love that. And again, that goes back to some of the things we've talked about in prior seasons is kind of understanding your team, understanding their strengths, weaknesses, understanding their work styles, communicating appropriately, advocating for yourself and advocating for the team. I think that's, that's fantastic. I think it's really important to communicate how you work. I had a former colleague, he was great about this. He, he refused to answer emails over the weekends. And I I really struggled with that initially when I came into consulting. And he said, you know, Justin, you set expectations by your behavior. And so I'm just very clear in how I set my expectations and how I set my boundaries. And as long as I'm doing what's right by the customer and I'm doing what's right by the company and by what's right for me and my family, I don't apologize. And I found that really refreshing and just a good reminder that sometimes it's a work style issue. Sometimes it's a preference. And sometimes we're just not very good at setting boundaries and putting limits around our life. And that can sometimes be perceived as maybe being difficult, potentially. So, you know, in the episode where we were talking about having a difficult manager, I would repeat the same thing I said in that episode where try to learn how to navigate whatever that difficult trait or situation is, because inevitably it will show up again. And for me, teammates more than managers or employees are like a safer place to learn about work styles and communication style differences and how to cater to somebody else's preferences and learn to work with them when you might not have great boundaries or feel that they don't. Because It it is a safer place. That's where you also typically for me, I don't have one teammate. I'm working in a larger group. And so you also get to get an opportunity to observe and learn through their interactions with others, which might not be the same case for managers or employees. It's really well put. Folks, this is one of our you know shorter episodes. I think with all of these, we could probably spend an hour swapping stories <laughs> yeah. easily. And I'm sure there are folks that know us who are listening to us right now going, and we could tell some stories about you. Uh, and yeah. and they, they might be right. I'll close out by saying this. Lindsay and I worked extensively together, especially 10 years ago. We had a few years where we worked very, very closely together. And we extremely different styles, slightly different phases of our career. I was a little bit further along, a little bit more battle-scarred and maybe had a bit of a crust on me from some of my experiences, whereas Lindsay was, you know, getting gobsmacked by consulting in our first couple of years together. But, you know, we did not have a perfect working relationship initially. Mm-hmm. We had very different styles and very different concerns, and, and we really had to learn how to work together. We had to learn. And I think what's beautiful about that story is we not only learned how to work together and appreciate the strengths that the other person has, we had some difficult conversations yeah. <laughs> with one another. So, you know, <laughs> it's not all puppy dogs and ponytails. With and um, but the beautiful thing is we kept at it. We kept working together. We had a lot of mutual respect for one another. We knew what the other person was good at, where they 
Shining excelled. We valued one another. And what started out as, I wouldn't say it, at difficult moments, but we became very, very good colleagues. And, you know, now we spend our free time creating podcasts for all of you. <laughs> so I think that's something I, I would just call out is that what can start out as difficult or challenging or even a relationship where you have hard moments, again, humility, patience, curiosity. And then I think as Lindsay has shared a little bit of mutual respect and understanding what the other person brings to the table, you can end up having a challenging relationship become one of your most valued relationships yeah. and something that endures employer, endures time, endures even shifts in responsibility and jobs. So it's worth it. I'll say that much. Enduring and learning in those times, you can become better Absolutely. because of it. That's all for today. Don't forget to head out to our website to access additional resources such as case studies, tips and tricks worksheets, trainings, articles, subscribe to our podcast and newsletter, and more. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.